Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed. Another Monday morning and a whole slew of new stories to discuss. Awful lot of the conversation last week was about whether Nadim Sahawi would uh, survive. Well, even I remember even if he would make it to midday PMQs on Wednesday, but he did survive that far. Uh, but he didn't survive the entire political media round on Sunday morning. Michael Gove, the levelling up and housing secretary, virtually mid-interview uh, as he was uh, told uh, that the prime minister had sacked Nadim Sahawi. What was interesting about that, of course, was he was sacked. Uh, not allowed to quietly resign to avoid being a distraction, which is a quite telling. Seems how Nadim Zahawi, it appears, isn't going quietly. And one person who certainly has not gone quietly is Boris Johnson. Those uh, claims about Vladimir Putin in a new documentary uh, coming out tonight. Uh, joining me for all the chat about all the big stories, James Hill, who's diary editor at The Spectator. Good morning to you. Morning, Julia. Well, lots to talk about. Shall we start with Boris Johnson, interestingly? This is a claim that Boris Johnson is making in a new documentary about uh, uh, called Putin versus the West, due to be broadcast tonight on the BBC. Um, and according to Boris Johnson, he says that on a trip to um, Kiev uh, to meet uh, President Zelensky uh, in uh, in February last year, before the Russian invasion, of course, we've got the anniversary of that coming up on the 24th mm. of February, uh, that in a phone call subsequently with Vladimir Putin, the Russian leader uh, basically said, um, well, he said, he said, I had a very long, most extraordinary call. And in that phone call, Vladimir Putin said, Boris, shall I do the accent? I don't, I can't, don't think I can do a Russian <laughs> accent. Uh, Boris, I don't want to hurt you, but with a missile, it would only take a minute. Um, it's quite an extraordinary, I mean, if it happened, mm. we never know, a bit of poetic license on Boris Johnson's part. I'm assuming these phone calls, someone's listening to them. There are civil servants who could verify this. Um, it's an extraordinary thing for one world leader to say to another. It is, and it sort of fits in with Vladimir Putin's general pattern, which is a mix of sort of sinister threat and black humour as well. And Bond villain. A Bond villain, yes, exactly. He's never I mean, he's like you. stroking his white furry <laughs> cat at the time, isn't he? When he's not uh, sort of um, naked at the top, riding a no. horse or something like that. No, um, people are eating their complex. But, I mean, famously, his first meeting with uh, 
Angela Merkel in 2005, who found out she was um, afraid of dogs and he brought his huge um, big back um, Alsatian to come and jump all over her, which to intimidate her and get her the upper hand. So this would certainly fit in with a pattern of um, Putin's behaviour towards his fellow world leaders. As you say, obviously, Boris Johnson very keen to talk up his role in Ukraine and the defence of Ukraine with a one year anniversary coming up. Uh, It's one of those stories which I don't think will ever get disputed. But I'm sure, as you say, there were kind of civil servants or people at the Foreign Office listening in on the call. Indeed. Well, this this actually ties in with another story um, that the US general has warned the Defence Secretary, Ben Wallace, that the British Army is no longer regarded as a top tier fighting force. I mean, it, it, we aren't a top-tier fighting force. We, we, we've still got the biggest uh, defence budget in Europe. Um, that's not saying much. Countries like Germany have not been spending enough, and uh, France uh, almost as much. But um, a lot of our defence budget is going on things like pensions. Well, I'm sorry, but that's as important as that is. That ain't helping to defend the country at this given time. We're sending a lot of uh, military aid to Ukraine. But we haven't got that much military to hardware to send to Ukraine. That's the worry. Yes, you're quite right. Part of this is about tech, but also about people as well. And increasingly, we seem to rely on the military in this country as a kind of contingency force. I think about 100 times last year, the army was brought in across the country with things like staffing issues, with floods, etc. like that. Border border force, ambulances, they'll be in schools on Wednesday for the teachers strike. Who knows? Because ministers know know it's the one part of the nation which never complains, always delivers. um, And it does very good... uh, value for money. Um, unlike, say, with the procurement, which, as you said, uh, about the pensions, but the the, the, the tank procurement, the IAX defence programme, uh, is one example of waste and mismanagement there. So, as you say, there isn't much money. The money that is going there is often misspent on things like the tanks, which made soldiers sick in the trials, uh, yeah. which isn't exactly what you want in an armed forces. I think the people certainly doing the defence procurement aren't... I'm not sure they're very good at negotiating, <laughs> I think we can safely say. Um, so, and, and there's wider problems as well about what do we want our defence forces to look like? And there's has been some criticism from our American allies about our Indo-Pacific tilt in the next mm. coming years and sh- where should we put our resources? We've got a finite yeah. amount of resources. We're not yeah. America where we can spend billions and billions. And we, and we also, we, we, we want to be a world power. I mean, not, we're not mm. world power, but, you know, world, a, 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 a sort of a, you know, we, we you know, basically play a role in mm. world diplomacy. Um, and yet, because you've got America, again, a superpower, militarily, economically, dwarfing, wasn't there spent spending five, more than the next five countries put together yeah. and then some? Um, but you know they do have a Pacific and an Atlantic uh, seafront. We d- we don't. I mean, but it, but what happens in the in the, in the Pacific does but, matter to us, of course. And this is the thing we've never been able to resolve. We want to have an armed yeah. forces where we, we focus on one theatre, and then of course the nature of threats is that they change thereafter. We're, we're always preparing for the last war we fought. E- exactly. So a lot of our yeah. stuff now is very good for sort of okay. Middle Eastern conflict rather than you know other conflicts around the world in the Indo Pacific, for instance. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Well, of course, I mean, the the response on this is. is is quite interesting. Um, we, we shall see. We're going to talk to a government minister a little bit later on on this. Um, we're also going to obviously talk to this is Helen Waitley, the health minister. We'll talk to her about some health uh, finance, financial announcements. I'll come to that a little bit later. But let's talk Nadim Sahawi. He was party mm. chairman. He tried to be, you know, party leader. Um, we saw not didn't get much support from his fellow MPs. <laughs> falls fell at the first hurdle. He was summarily sacked by Rishi Sunak yesterday mm. morning uh, after the ethi- report from his ethics advisor, Solori Magnus, came in in the early hours of Sunday morning. Um, 
Nadim Zahawi is, we are told, complaining that, well, frankly, he was not given a fair hearing. He'd been promised in a 30-minute meeting with Solori uh, last week and he'd been promised another hearing this week. Um, he'd given him full access to his HMRC tax records so HMRC were able to say, because basically you can't just get information about someone's personal right. tax record without their permission. Um, that, that said, I mean, Solori Magnus found numerous breaches of the ministerial code. Seven. Serious breaches, seven, yeah. And, um, and I, for me, just the simple threatening libel actions against journalists making legitimate inquiries alone, mm. alone, that is, that makes you unfit for public office. And I say this as someone who's always got on very well with the Dean Zahawi. I've got no axe to grind here at all. I'm not saying, yeah, another, you know, another minister or someone I've had a beef with. No. But, but I mean, he's very popular with journalists, mm. isn't he? So there hasn't been a whole sort of, but, but he has behaved, I think, outrageously mm. on the facts that we have, the facts that are indisputed. He has behaved outrageously yes. with his tax affairs um, and his behaviour since and numerous times when he's clearly said things which cannot possibly be true with what we know now. Um, and, and yet he's complaining he's been badly dealt with. Yes, I mean, this first came to light in spring 2021. So we're nearly at yeah. two years of this rumbling on. Yeah. Uh, at every stage of this, Nadim Zahawi appears to have compounded the error um, by last summer, for instance, when he was running for leadership, describing these stories as smears. Well, they weren't smears, it now turns out. And that was actually incidentally one of the things that uh, Laurie Magnus pinged him up for, a breach of the code. He didn't correct the record at the earliest opportunity. Yeah. He was He's now considered to have possibly misled two successive prime ministers in Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak when they were appointing him to jobs. Um, and it seems that every stage of this, he said he wanted another sort of, he only had half an hour to explain himself. That's the briefing that's going around at this. Problem is, is in the past two years, he hasn't explained himself clearly yeah. or fully at any point. But also your, your tax records explain themselves. This idea that I didn't think it was an investigation. Mm. I mean, it, it, extraordinarily cavalier to say yeah. it was just a few inquiries, a tidy up. It's like, no, no, you are a cabinet minister who are being asked in, by... in breach with, you know, HMRC. I mean, when you're paying your million pound fine, yeah. something's gone horribly wrong. And, we had, and of course, we had the sort of knife being put in by a senior figure mm. at HMRC in a select committee hearing last week saying you, you don't get fined for accidental... No. Um, 4.8 million is the figure that's doing the... 4.8 million, but 1.1 million of that we understand exactly. was the fine. Yeah, I mean, because... We've all done it, haven't we? Just accidentally not paid three point seven million pounds <laughs> in tax that we were due. Why I still can't understand is why he was paying tax on an offshore on profits made uh, in terms of dividend sales for the YouGov, the, the polling uh, organisation he set up, um, for, which were which were the profits accrued by an offshore trust, which his family was not beneficiaries of. It was his mother and father. Mm. But but why are you paying the tax if you haven't benefited? Yes, it's, it's very. Mean, we? I don't know about you. Have you ever paid someone else's no. tax for them? No, no, no. I, I think it's just a very different approach. I mean, there was one just report which described them as the whole family would pay into these things and then get out of them. So it was it was complicated. But what does... I mean, it... yeah, you try explaining that one to the tax man. Yeah, well, quite. And that's why I got caught up with it. But then, as you say, when you go for the top job, you do expect a different level of scrutiny. If you're going for Chancellor yeah. or Prime Minister, you're going to get this. And what... I, I, I'm like this from an MP, even. I mean, I, I feel... I, again, I don't care. So this guy could be my husband and I would still say he should lose his job. I've, I feel integrity in public life is absolutely vital. And we spoke to uh, a, a, a sort of specialist in this field about, uh, uh, last week who was pointing out that actually, you know, we, we do, you know, we do actually have 
really strong evidence that when you do have that an expectation of that level of integrity and people do get forced out if they don't show that level of integrity, that it does have an impact on, on the way the country is governed. You know, when you allow us, sort of, oh, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's not it's not it's not Berlusconi level. Exactly. Well, that doesn't matter. You have to you have to you have to ensure that you've got some probity at the heart of, of public course. life. And I think this was the mistake some of his defenders were making in the initial days. It's not about envy or about saying he's yeah. you know, penalised for sex. I'm all, all credit to him of sitting course, on exactly. business making a load of money. I'm in exactly. awe of people it, who do that. It's about the impression that some people at the top can get away with abusing the system. Yeah, or absolutely. The system is rigged. Well, the question we're asking today is: I want to know, Najima Sahoy having been sacked by the Prime Minister of his tax affairs, should politicians have to declare their tax returns? Should that be required? Whether it's just the Prime Minister, the Chancellor, anyone in the Cabinet, um, anyone who gets elected as an MP, would that would that change anything? Uh, tell us why you think they should, why you think they shouldn't. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. You can uh, tweet me at TalkTV or text the word talk to 8722. Up next, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about the uh, teacher strike coming up on Wednesday. Uh, also going to be talking about that Big Brother Watch report, uh, which, which I am a, a, a feature of one of the people who looked into. And Nicola Sturgeon once again getting into hot water over transgender prisoners because anyone who says that there could be violent sex offenders who want to pretend to be women to get access to women behind bars was clearly a bigot all along apart from when it actually happened when it turns out there is a risk to women who knew the breakfast briefing with julia hartley brewer on talk radio thanks for listening to the julia hartley brewer daily if you liked what you heard please subscribe and give me a good review and don't forget to catch me on the talk radio breakfast show every weekday from 6 30 until 10 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.